Welcome to another episode of Let's Chat Podcast, y'all. I am your host, Jojo. And I'm Daira. So today we have a guest on the podcast. Let me go ahead and introduce Kenny. Kenny said hi. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> so let me get, give you guys a little intro about Kenny. So meet Kenny, the multifaceted, self-proclaimed 25-year-old who was born and raised in Los Angeles while she spent the last six years capitalizing capitalizing off her roles while navigating the worlds of some of the largest and wealthiest CEOs throughout her career in the film and music industry. She's also spent the last decade in her world unveiling and redefining who she truly is from over 35 sessions with her ongoing therapist in the last 12 months to serial dating woman since her first big lesbian heartbreak. Kenny has found herself in the last year unpacking new layers of herself, creating a genre of new eras in her next chapters. Ooh, wow. Kenny is Kenny is that girl. Kenny, are you comfortable talking about what you do for a living and who you work with? If not, we can totally skip that. Yeah, um, I'll go into detail on what I do. I'm not really supposed to like mm-hmm. broadcast all of our clients, um, but... Mm-hmm. I work in entertainment. I serve as an executive assistant to a CEO of a major uh, management company. And I'm also director of communications. I'm helping strategize and connect everyone um, throughout every artist camp. But I went from mu- I went from film for six years to music in the last year and a half. So that's been a major transition, working with some of the largest superstars. But that's mm-hmm. it in a nutshell. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. You guys have to follow Kenny on Instagram. We'll give you guys her ads later on. But she really is that girl. Oh, yeah. Tell me, uh. <laughs> How do you even get in that line of work, though? Like, um, oh, like the or, music industry? Yeah, you're from L.A., you said, no? Right. Yeah. Born and raised? Okay. I get that question Ooh, so much. Cali living? Um, I get that question so much, and people are like, you're in LA, so it feels like it's kind of a given, and it's very common. You just kind of got to find your path, but I actually have a unique kind of story. I'll keep it quick, but I used to nanny for this really wealthy lady. She was like in entertainment, um, entertainment legal world, and basically when I was quitting, she mm-hmm. we did like a trade for a trade, and she was like, if you find me a good nanny to replace you, I'll get you into entertainment, and that's what I did when I was like 19. I was 18 turning 19. Um, I knew I didn't want to finish school, so she was like, Damn. "Let's let's get you in," and that's where it popped off. So it's kind of like who you know in LA to get in good, and yeah. then I just climbed from up there. That's Damn. awesome. I love that. And as a black woman, you're you're black, am I correct? I mean, I just feel like we need that representation. So that's awesome. I've never really met anyone who's worked in the music industry. Um, but besides that, obviously, we have you on the podcast to talk about like lesbian stuff and yeah. <laughs> um, like your date, like your dating history. And um, we kind of want to know more about like if you do label yourself, what would you label yourself as? I and, like what your history has been. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never labeled myself. I've never wanted to like box myself in a like genre of any sexuality because I've always been pretty fluid, more so. Like with myself, not necessarily with people I'm dating. I've just always been free flowing, but I have been primarily lesbian for the last almost like twelve <laughs> years. When I came out, I came out really young, um, really really young. That's crazy. And when you came out, how did your family react to it, girl? Um, <laughs> I didn't have like the cutest story. It was I was like thirteen, so mm-hmm. obviously your parents and your family are like, you don't know what you want. What do you mean? But I was like very public about it, very fearless about it, um, and very vocal. I at first came out to my family as like bisexual to kind of help ease mm-hmm. their minds. Like I like both guys. It's okay, <laughs> um, but they weren't having it, and they they did give me a hard time. And when I say they, it was like my mom and my sister uh, gave me a hard time out of just like you don't know what you want, you're too young. And so I ended up moving to live with my dad in Texas for like a year. Um, And it was disastrous. And I was still very much who I was. (laughs) It ended up just making me be more Mm -hmm. sneaky about it. Um, But by the time I came back, it was just like, okay, Kenny is who she is. It's 
it's nothing we can do about it. Um, but I had always been like mm-hmm. the rebellious child. <laughs> but now you're thriving. Um, thriving. It's, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. So I got a question. So you, like, what made you want to come out in that time? I was, I was actually forced out. Um, it was like oh. a day before Christmas. And I was like doing, you know, you're on winter break, you're in school, but you're on winter break with your family. So you have nothing but time. Um, I was doing my nails with my sister and I kept getting text messages (laughs) from this one girl. I'll never forget. I I doubt she'll ever like listen to this, but her name was Sparkle. (laughs) And um, I kept getting text messages from her. And my sister was like, who is this new girl that you're texting? Like, you don't have a friend named Sparkle. I'm like, oh, it's no one, you know, trying to like play it off. And she like fucking went, can I curse? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. <laughs> she went through my phone, um, went through my phone Ooh. and she was just like, I hope this is like a cover up for a guy named Steve or something. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> it was a whole thing. <laughs> um, but she saw the messages and she was like, wow, you have a girlfriend. And she like called my mom and she was like, Kenny has a girlfriend. Oh, wow. um, I knew she was gay when she was like, because I used to drool over Rihanna. I loved Rihanna. <laughs> it was like very strange. I was like eight years old wanting Rihanna as my like lock screen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was kind of like forced out, which I'm kind of glad it happened that way. Obviously, that's like so invasive and like not the most peaceful mm-hmm. transition into it, especially being so young. You need like the most gentle support. But I didn't have the most gentle support after that. And then that's why I like moved with my dad. But then things got better when I got back. I feel like most people are outed and then are are, like forced to be like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like it's never just like, oh, Mm -hmm. let me go ahead and actually do it because I found peace and like comfortability in my sexuality to be like, okay, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Damn, that's crazy. And that's annoying. I feel yeah. like people got to know, like, you can't do that. I mean, I don't know if it's still happening, but I, I don't doubt that it's still happening. But people, they need to come out when they're comfortable, not when mm-hmm. you just want to, like, I don't know, out put their somewhere. business out there. Yeah. Right. I was young, mm-hmm. though, like, so young. But in retrospect, I'm like, wow, how did I, how was I so firm in my, like, choice of that? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So when did you start, like, experiencing... Like, when was your first relationship with a girl? I was in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So I believe I was, like, 14 by then. I don't even know what age you are in ninth grade anymore. <laughs> um, but I was in ninth grade, and she was a senior. And that was kind Oof. of, like, oh wow. I was just, yeah, ridiculous. Um, but I've <laughs> always been, like, so far ahead when it came to dating, like, the people I've been into. But, yeah, I was in ninth grade, very public about it. Um that same sister who outed me was a TA at my school. And so it was like, your sister has a girlfriend. And I'm like, she knows. Let's freaking forget that this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was in ninth grade. And we were pretty serious, like, my entire ninth grade year. I don't count it now because it was just so immature. Like, it was just, like, it was yeah. kitty. Um, but that was my first real mm-hmm. lesbian experience and girlfriend. So you started early. I started Mm -hmm. early, but my first big heartbreak wasn't until, like, my girlfriend that I had when I was 16. Mm -hmm. I was with her for, like, five years. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was with her for, like, five years. She was three years older than me, and that was, like, my first big really, like, that was my heartbreak of my century. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I I recovered, like, two, three years ago, and that's been, like, four years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dating for that long, of course, it's going to take, like, you know, so long to get over that in quotations, you know? Yeah, for Mm -hmm. real. That's tough. Damn, you like a mold, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It seems to be a common tradition, I guess. Right. So, like, what do you feel, like, influenced that for you, like, being attracted to women and, like, taking on, like, even just having the courage to be like, all right, I want to experience that. Um, I don't know. I feel like very early on, I found myself like, liking my friends. I was like nine years old, baby territorial. And I'm like, why am I feeling this way over my homegirl from like next door or something? Um, So very early on, I found myself being into women emotionally, which was 
huge for me. I think a lot of it, though, came from just lack of having that emotional safety in my own household from, like, a woman. Um, so I, I, was, I was comfortable right. and safe with, like, other girls. And I think the older aspect or, like, element of it comes into, like, you know, having mommy issues. But it's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because I feel like you don't hear that often. Like, it exists, yeah. but you don't hear people be like, yeah, like – it's it comes from that yeah you know having mommy issues like it's always the daddies like nah. I'm like mm-hmm. yeah that's one thing I'm like I I'm very I'm very clear about that I feel like for me I don't have daddy issues because my dad was never like fully present so I'm like how can I have issues with someone who mm-hmm. wasn't even there you know right yeah mm-hmm. right and there's two things that you said that I really resonate with. Like the first one was the fact that you felt like ter- territorial at a young age. I feel like that's like a sign because I feel like I I was like that too. Like I would be like, mm-hmm. that's not your friend, that's my friend. Um, like as, as a little girl, like I was just so territorial over my friends and... I, I remember being like, why why am I like this type of thing? And then the other thing is about mommy issues. I feel like in the lesbian community, I think that is common, mm-hmm. but I think that mm-hmm. we don't really talk about it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. queer community, like in general. Um, so you said that you were in a relationship for what? You said five years. Yeah, that was like my really, that's where my first big heartbreak was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how long after that did it take you to start dating? And um, we definitely want to get into the fact that you were, you told us that you were a little bit interested in dating men as well. Yeah, that's more recent. Um, Mm -hmm. I started dating again after that, like, breakup, kind of immediately, but out of, like, just trying to distract myself from the heartbreak. But I was very much so, like, heartbroken and had my, like, nights where I was just like, this feels like it's never ending. Um, but I honestly mm-hmm. started dating a lot of women after that, like nonstop. Um, I was on a, a little dating spree. And wait, and how was that? Cause you're, you're in LA and I heard that the dating scene in LA is it's like I, ridiculous. It's bad. I became, um, very flexible. Mm-hmm. So I would start, I started dating people that like didn't live out here, meeting them online, like flying to see them. Like I was, I was out there, um, but very low key about it. And so it was always this mysterious mm-hmm. thing of like, who is Kenny dating? Like, we know she's dating someone, but it's not the same person from three months ago. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Um, so it was kind of a mix of people from LA and then also just exploring other territories. But, um, to answer your question, as far as like my recent thing with men. So after the first heartbreak or breakup, I did have one other long-term relationship that was very on and off. But after that, I just was like, I cannot continue to date women who were like not doing anything for me. And that came, and it was like emotionally, mm-hmm. financially, physically, just like I'm not here to babysit. And that's something I started realizing. Mm-hmm. I was attracting girls who needed to be taken care of emotionally, and I was just like, it's draining mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. So I, after I would say like in the last six to nine months, I became a little more open-minded and obviously I've been in therapy for a year now. And so I've been unpacking like just what my needs are and what that looks like to this day. I don't attach a gender to my like long-term relationship life. Um, But I, Mm -hmm. I would say I had to start looking at it. Like either I want someone who can do for me and provide for me and like be a protector, which is kind of a given with men sometimes, most of the time, like a good man, they provide and protect and like the more independent mm-hmm. and the more that I grow up and just become more aware of my needs, that became something that I really wanted um, more recently. And so I realized the woman I was dating was not that it was like, I'm taking care. I'm babysitting. I'm babysitting your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, this is exhausting. Let me go and see how it feels to be with a guy. Now, that was very huge for me because five years ago, even two years ago, I didn't even know how to, like, breathe <laughs> next to a guy. Like, I just was never comfortable around men. Um, didn't want to go on dates with guys. Didn't feel comfortable just being in, mm-hmm. you know, like, having a guy friend was, like, uncomfortable for me. And I didn't know how to maintain that type of friendship or relationship. So 
it it said a lot to me when I became or felt comfortable like exploring guys. And so I ended up letting it's funny I'm saying letting, but I like let a guy pursue me um kind of recently. I won't say the dates, but um <laughs> I I pursued it for about six weeks and it was <laughs> definitely eye opening and it really takes an evolved man to like be able to take care of like such an alpha woman. And it's hard to find. Um, and one thing he, he mentioned, he said, I can't, I, won't, I can't, I can't compete mm-hmm. with the woman and I can't offer you what a woman has to offer, but I have no competition with, you know, a guy like you, we all offer, we both offer different things. And so I kind of was thinking like, I just had to be honest with myself, like the thing mm-hmm. that a man can offer for me, a woman can't always and what a woman can offer for me, a man can't. So it then became a question of like, am I dating a guy for what they can do for me? Or am I dating a woman for the emotional like support? And I was not getting that. Um, so anyways, with guys, I, it was interesting. It was, it was definitely new. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not sexually attracted to men. So that was an issue. And that's why I'm like, not even trying to label myself mm-hmm. as bisexual because I'm like, I am still struggling to even be sexually attracted to men. Mm-hmm. Like my heart relies with a lesbian um, and a woman, mm-hmm. and so it it was it was an issue, um, but it was something that I needed to to mm-hmm. explore and something that I needed to like honor at this like growing stage that I'm in and be honest mm-hmm. with myself about it. Um, but it was it was definitely new for me. It was very new for me. So are you a gold star lesbian or have you had sex with men before? I lost my virginity <laughs> with a, to a guy like when I was oh, okay, 16. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's not changed. <laughs> 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 yeah, mm-hmm. so I lost my virginity and that was it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy because I feel I'm so glad that we have you on the podcast because we do have a lot of people who are kind of in this limbo with you where they're like, you know, like men, but I'm not sexually attracted to them, but like they kind of like that comfort or like vice versa. They want to go to women. They've been with men all their life. And I feel like going from women to men is like ridiculously crazy in the community for sure. Yeah. 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 And it's also just crazy because I feel like, like you said, men and women are so different. And I'm so glad that the guy that you were speaking about said that he can't offer you with a what a woman can offer you because I feel like men like macho men have this thing where they I think, could offer you yeah. that too. Like I don't like they swear not that, even two, but like I can offer better. Like what yeah. is it that like, I like they think that they can offer more and it yeah. shouldn't be seen like that from either mm-hmm. party or whatever you want to call it. Um but I but from someone who has gone from like men to women, I to me it was so crazy because like I dated guys who were like so messy and so lazy and like i feel like women are the opposite like they're tidy for the most part they like to clean around the house they like to cook mm-hmm. for you and mm-hmm. I, maybe it's just the guys that i dated but they weren't like mm-hmm. that and i hated that because i'm like i'm not here to cater for you so when you were dating this guy did it ever get to that point where you guys were like hang out together like have some sleepovers do some cooking and if so were you the one that was like kind of doing most of like the the work in quotations as as you know yeah I definitely noticed quickly that men aren't domesticated they're not as domesticated as (laughs) Mm -hmm. women at all and so that's a big thing for me like I do like the mutuality of like being with a girl and we're both into cleaning we're both into making the bed Mm -hmm. we're both and you know like little things like that um, we, we, we were mostly doing dates, like mm-hmm. outings, um, maybe like one sleepover, but like, I'm not the most comfortable sexually. So I'm mm-hmm. not like, act, like excited to sleep over with a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we did mostly dates and outings. And, um, I think for me, I realized what I liked in the guy that's different from a woman. And I could just be dating women who just aren't offering this and it could be a thing that's offered which I feel Mm -hmm. like it is but I I felt protected and like cared for it's the Mm -hmm. little things of like walking on the side of the right the sidewalk type thing like I enjoy Mm -hmm. that protection 
and not all girls do that. Like, I, no, no girls that mm-hmm. I've dated, like, have done that. And so that sense of, like, security felt good coming from him. So then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't, this is something that I'm finding myself attracted to when it comes to a natural protector man. Um, but like all the outings mm-hmm. and the dates and stuff, like just paying, like always paying and like providing, like I, I did like that. I'm not one of those girls though who dates other women and I'm like, you just always have to pay. Like I'm huge on mutuality with that, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy the like provider aspect of like, you don't even need to bring your wallet. Um, so those little things that I was like, mm-hmm. I was like noticing that I was oh, yeah. into more that was kind of like given with a good man because some men mm-hmm. are broke and lazy and, and be like, I'm going to the bathroom and it's time to pay. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so what type of woman would you date? Would you were you dating like femme women, stem, studs? Um, like what was your mostly stem type? and stud, and they were all big mm-hmm. babies and like. Just emotionally <laughs> immature and yeah. needy. But it was, like, so needy to the point where it's, like, yeah. I'm giving you what you need, but I'm not getting back anything, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's so crazy because a lot of, like, stem and studs are, like, big babies. Like, I'm sorry to say it. She's not talking about me. I'm not talking <laughs> about you, but I'm just talking, like, in general. Like, they really are, like, big babies. I think some are, but it also depends on their background. Yeah, if they were coddled and they are like Mm -hmm. mother children or have those mother issues and like want that sense of Mm -hmm. nurture and coddle, you know, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why Um, there's definitely some evolved stem and studs. I just haven't yet met mm -hmm. one, Um, but I definitely think Mm -hmm. they exist and you know do have to offer. Did you continue dating them older than you, or did you kind of come back in age? That <laughs> that made that remained a a thing for me. Continue okay. to date them older, which yeah. is crazy. I dated. You date them older, and it's they act just they as still young. childish. Like yeah. what the fuck? And, and that's and that's the thing. Exactly, that's the thing. And they like the the girls that I dated in the last years, and the in the guy, like they were five to almost ten years my senior. So. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, you're 32, and we're still having these like these conversational issues. Yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah. But I've yet to meet. Well, I feel like those are kind of the people like that five to ten year age gap, like before us. They're also like in that generation where they're not like healed mm-hmm. they don't have that yeah. you know healing and mm-hmm. don't do mm-hmm. therapy and they're actually still in the mindset of we never did that we just you know roll it off and just mm-hmm. keep going about it you know they don't deal with their shit so they're not in a in yeah. a healing space yeah. i think that that's where it comes off is like I you're agree. still immature our like current generation we definitely like the way that therapy and healing is advocated for so much it was not a yeah. back then. Yeah, I love that Gen Z is like normalizing going to therapy and most people are going to therapy. Did any of the people that you date go to therapy or did you ever like suggest them like maybe you should like seek some therapy to unpack all the drama? I have. <laughs> I sure did. And you got to want it though to like actually engage with your therapist and like mm-hmm. show up or put in the effort to find, you know, a therapist that you can evolve with. Um, mm-hmm. I encouraged it a lot. And some people would be intimidated or insulted by it. And some would be like, oh, hey, like, you're right. And then would never do it. But it became an mm-hmm. issue, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. So where was, like, what pushed you to, like, allow that guy to pursue you, basically? To be like, ah, you know, maybe. Let me just let me just give it a go. I think I could both answer this question. That's a good question. Because she did it, guys, too. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah. you go first. Um, <laughs> um, I was actually caught off guard when he approached me. So I had known him for quite a while just on social media and, like, mutual friends and being in the, like, cool L.A. space and world. Um, but never really acted on it. But uh, he approached me at an event, and I was in a very... I was very single, like, I'm, I'm still very single, but in that moment, I was, like, just very single and feeling like, okay, these girls are just not working out for me. Let me, let me open my mind up a little bit, kind of fill in myself a little, and mm-hmm. um, 
when he approached me, he was kind of like, I want to take you out. Like, we should actually connect. And he followed up on it later that day. Um, and we went out. And he ended up, he actually asked me, he was like, what's your perspective with dating men? Like, I know, I've only known you to have a girlfriend. Like, what, what's changed, basically? Um, and I was like, what's changed is my needs. <laughs> mm-hmm. My needs have changed. And it feels like I'm dating you know, women and keep getting the same results. So maybe my needs don't live here, but so that's why I'm here with you. <laughs> but I was just kind of in a more open-minded space um, mm-hmm. and wanting to see mm-hmm. if it was any different. And I tried it out. I, like I literally hadn't been with a guy on that level in like 10 years. So it was new, but did did you like it? The, I did. I felt good. Um, it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. He was a planner too. I really, I really liked that. I like oh, nice. the like initiation because mm-hmm. I'm usually that person. I'm usually the one like planning, initiating, mm-hmm. and like I got the itinerary. Um, he was very good at that, and mm-hmm. so I appreciated that. Just on the first date, it was like from the time we met up to like the end of the night after plans, like it was all very well arranged. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that because it's like, you took the time to actually think about what I want to eat, mm-hmm. think into what we could do after, you know? So really cute. And I, that was something I, I was like, okay, he can get a second date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the girls I've dated, like they don't even know where they want to eat. This is like, right. I think that that's so annoying. It is such a turn on when people make plans and just like figure it out. And I always say Google is free. Google is mm-hmm. free. Use it to your advantage. Like I just feel like at your big age, you should know how to research, <laughs> how to research stuff online. And like everything's so easily accessible. We see things on Instagram that are TikTok. cool. TikTok, TikTok is literally uh-huh. TikTok. the app. Yeah, <laughs> it's made for shit like TikTok that. Will plan your whole literally vacation, mm-hmm. your date, like right. Yeah. Like every city I'm in, I'm like, cute mm-hmm. drinks in Texas, like literally. Yeah, right, and it will you lead you there. <laughs> right, it, it's I don't know, it's crazy. So when I like when I met people like that, like you, like I thought that that was a turn on. Like if they were planning stuff and just like coming up with the itinerary, like that's a initiative. big that's a big plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I've never really dated a woman that wasn't like that. So I don't even know what the, what that's like. Like, to have someone who, like, doesn't even know what they want to eat. It actually frustrates me, like, to see that there are females who are like that. Because it's just like, yo, like... And I'm out the door. How? Like, you're... <laughs> like, I... Yeah. <laughs> I just think, like, it's, it's kind of, like, in us to be, you know planners yeah, in a sense and a, it really doesn't have to be something extravagant like i said yeah. like pick up like pick a restaurant at, call for reservations you could do shit online too you don't even gotta talk on the phone if you're if you have anxiety from that yeah. but like it's literally such a turn off when girls don't i mean people in general don't know how to plan things yeah. so i think that for him to do that it just shows that he's like mature yeah like he got his shit together yeah mm-hmm. no definitely I, I was fucking with that. And I, I that's another thing I realized with dating him was I was the caretaker with my relationship mm-hmm. with women. Um, and I don't want to be that anymore as I continue to pursue women. Like, I don't want to be the only one taking care mm-hmm. of my partner, mm-hmm. you know? And with him, I got the experience of what it felt like to be taken mm-hmm. care of. And so that was, like, a plus for me and something I was like, okay, this yeah. is what I need. Like. I'm no longer like I'm about to be like you. No longer I'm I'm out the door when you can't even plan. Yeah, time. it's like, like really like a big please. turn off. And what's your love language? Because I want to know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, my number one love language. It's funny because I was on a date yesterday mm-hmm. and she asked me this. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I my number one love language is words of affirmation. Mm. That's my number one, mm-hmm. and that's giving and receiving. I'm very good with my words, and I like mm-hmm. to hear it. I like. I like the long paragraphs. I like, you know, like I'm very big. And then mm-hmm. after that is now acts of service. Before that, mm-hmm. it was not. Acts of service used to be like last on my list because mm-hmm. I used to be so anti-people doing things for me. And that's probably why I was attracting women who was letting me do things for them because I wouldn't want it done mm-hmm. for me in my unhealed times. Um, mm-hmm. But words of affirmation and then now acts of service. Um, physical touch, quality time. I try to be realistic with quality time. I have a very crazy work life. Mm-hmm. So 
I can't promise right. you my every day, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then gifts is my last one. But words of affirmation mm-hmm. and acts of service, I need all of that. I can definitely see that. That's why I asked. Um, but the other question that I wanted to ask you is, do you feel like, so you said that you were on a date yesterday with a woman. Do you feel like, I don't know how open you are with them, but when you tell them like, yeah, like I'm dating around, like I just went on a date with a man. Do they feel some type of way? Are they like out the no. door? Because, you know, there's a lot of a lot of lesbians that are like, yeah, if you're bisexual, like they they like to label you, then I'm not dealing with it because they're right. a little bit insecure. Um, I have mm-hmm. actually been honest. It's The conversation with men have come up more so because people are like, what are you doing on Monday? And I'm like, I'm actually speaking on a podcast. And then they're like, what is it about? That's been the conversation, mm-hmm. honestly, in like the last couple of weeks. So uh-huh. I've been honest about it and I just mm-hmm. tell them like, you know, what I'm speaking on. And yeah. it's, it's, I think because I'm not mm-hmm. framing it and it's not like it's inaccurate or untrue, but I'm not framing it in like a, I'm now dating men. So that's why I'm speaking on this lesbian podcast, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. being open about me exploring men you know, for the first time in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And none of them have felt like weird about it. I think they respect the transparency. At least the, it's not like I've told like mm-hmm. a million people so far, but like at least a couple of women that do know, they have been very mature about right. it, like very mature, which I don't think all lesbian girls mm-hmm. like can take here in that. Um, but yeah. I think we're so scared in like, taking on the courage and being bold enough to explore because we automatically assume that like people are going to judge us or like, you know, we're going to get the boot out of the community and like, you know, we're not ready for that. But I feel like when you do do it and you're like, fuck everybody else, I'm going to do it for me. You really don't realize until after that nobody give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Like there's people who are going to accept you and take whatever it is that you're giving them as long Mm -hmm. as you're being Mm -hmm. truthful, you know, like showing that transparency. That's people actually like attract to that, Mm -hmm. you know. So I don't I mean, I was guilty of that. And so, you know, I did my exploring and I was like, oh, like nobody really give a fuck. Like people are actually more accepting about it. How did your friends react to it initially? Like when you said, oh, I'm dating this guy. I think they were shocked, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like, ew, what the fuck? Okay. It was like a, whoa, mm-hmm. you, for real? Yeah. That's crazy. I wouldn't have thought I'd see the day, but uh-huh. like, that's cool. Like, yeah. it wasn't, it was never any shade. I don't think I ever got any backlash from people, and I was so scared that it would have been a thing, mm-hmm. and I felt like I wouldn't want to tell anybody about it or like, you know, broadcast it, I guess, in a sense. Um, I kept it more so closer to me because at the same time, I felt like, you know, um it was just going to mm-hmm. be a sticky situation. Like, I don't know. Cause, cause I, I get defensive because for me, it's like, I come from women, you mm-hmm. know, that's my comfortability. That's my, like, I know in the end of the day, I'm going to marry a woman. So mm-hmm. like, I knew where I was coming from and now, which is why I kind of don't like the whole label thing. So like, even though I know my end game, people are quick to tell you about yourself, you know, and belittle you and, and mm-hmm. throw the shade. And it's just like, you're one person, a part of the community. And they mm-hmm. think like one person is going to tarnish the entire, like, you know? Um, so I, I really didn't want to deal with that. And I would get very defensive when it came to like, oh, so like you fuck with dudes now, like you straight did it out. Like no bitch. Like, yeah. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm still gay, but right, you know. So that was that was a worry for me, for, right. for a while. But it was very temporary. Yeah, it's almost like, and it's almost like even when straight women who have been straight for twenty years and then end up dating a woman, right. you know, it's like what's the what's difference? The difference? Exactly. And I think though, when it's that way, people don't take it serious. It's like, oh, that's gonna be a right. thing, yeah. you know, but. Mm-hmm. My best friend, she told me something that stuck with me when I, like, kind of told her about my thing with guys. She was like, people who mind don't matter, and the people who matter won't mind. Mm-hmm. And that's something I stood on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no one minded. You know, no one no one was like, what the fuck? You know, or what are yeah. you doing? It was just like, oh, shit. Tell us how it goes type thing. So mm-hmm. I totally get you, JoJo. What made you want to, like, open up to that? Um, I think it was the same as you said. I was single for so long. And I think that in that time period of being single, I was like, 
you know, dipping my feet in all types of Mm -hmm. rivers and waters. I was like, you know what? Um, I don't want to limit myself because the more that I, um, like explore new things because for people like to tell me, Oh, that's not you. I've never seen you do that. Oh, I didn't know you did that. Oh, like, and I, and I didn't like that. So stepping out of my comfort zone and doing different things that I didn't even know that I would enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, in that process, it pushed mm-hmm. me to continue, you know, push the limits. What else? What else? What else? And at the time, um, I felt like I was I was in a more male environment anyway. And I I can't be honest. I always thought like men are attractive. You gotta I give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually like go through with it and like pursue that. Mm-hmm. sexually I was like Ugh. I think that's when it's like oh my god I think that's when it's like crazy like I think yeah. the whole dating thing is cool like yeah go right, on right, dates right. and things like that but I feel like when it comes to like sex mm-hmm. it's yeah. like oh my goodness this is like a whole different organ like yeah. whoa like this is weird mm-hmm. like it's a little it could be a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. I mean even from women who go mm-hmm. you know from men to to women it's like a whole different thing for them but for I feel like for women we make our we make each other feel feel comfortable so I don't think it's ever that awkward but I can't even imagine it being on the other way like for you guys yeah. when you started dating like men I feel like in that time too like mm-hmm. obviously I didn't just get out of that because I too was in a long-term relationship. And then I like was single for forever and I didn't just go and was like, yeah, let me fuck with guys. Like I didn't fuck with guys till years of being single, like where I decided like, Mm -hmm. all right. And again, I would talk to them, start with them, you know, for fun shit. That's what it was. Um, But then I think that in that process, I had got to a point where I was becoming or trying to become more in control of my like sexual Mm -hmm. interactions and my just sexual sexuality and sexual being like being in control because I feel like for a while I was super shy when it came to like sex or like sexual interactions and I think like that was my time to get in control of that and be in a power position to where it's like I did that I let that happen I was comfortable with that happen I called those shots type shit you know you were owning that space Mm -hmm. but it didn't last yeah so (laughs) I feel you I feel you yeah I'm I'm definitely in that space of like I'm exploring because I'm single mm-hmm. and I can do that. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't. I personally don't have a gender attached. I do. I feel like deep down it'll definitely be a woman that I'll end up marrying because um, that's just where my emotional security and like safety lives. But yeah, mm-hmm. owning that is important and being confident. So good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got gotta do it. <laughs> And it's good to explore, though, and be able to say, like, you tried, you know, because, like, these last 10 years prior to me trying a guy, like, recently, I just was, I didn't have much things to say about an experience with a guy. I was just like, no, I just don't like him. And I didn't even know why. It was just like, I just don't, you know? And now I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can now, like, confidently walk on knowing that I did give him a shot and this is why I did, you know, like them or this is why I did it. Um, but you, you really can't, it's kind of like, you can't say you don't like something you haven't tasted, you know, not that we're out here tasting men. (laughs) 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 Um, I have two more questions before we wrap it up. My question is, what is it that you're looking for in your next partner? Whether that's a woman, whether that's a man, like what, what are the qualities that are like the most important to you right now? Um, definitely, like I said before, someone who can also take care of me. And I say also because I know I will naturally take care of my partner, but it needs to be like given in return. Um, what else? Someone who also is just on their shit and not lazy. Like I've dated girls who had a job, but would call in, you know, and it's like, why are we doing that? You got bills to pay, don't you? Like, you know? Um, mm-hmm. just someone who's also just mm-hmm. on their shit and responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Mm-hmm. I, I think overall, just that like security and protector and provider, both emotionally and physically. Um, and thinking like thoughtfulness. I don't think that's been a given with my previous relationships with girls. 
Mm-hmm. Um, someone who's thoughtful. I really, I really admire that. Just mm-hmm. like initiating and plan planning and stuff. Like I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I heard that. So if you're in LA and you can provide that, slide into her DMs. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My other question was, so you've mentioned, obviously you've been to therapy and we always talk about how like people should go to therapy. What is something that... I guess that you learned from yourself and your sexuality from going to therapy that you don't think you would have learned if you didn't go to therapy? Good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I the biggest thing I learned is you have to be honest with yourself about how you're feeling. And for me, I think a lot of the times we're in relationships and we feel kind of obligated to make things work because you've committed mm-hmm. to this person. And you feel like you owe them your time and your loyalty and your promises of like, oh, we're going to be together forever. Um, I think Mm -hmm. I learned a lot to really, really stand on how I feel if I'm unhappy, if I feel like I'm being gaslighted. That's something I I really became aware of. I was gaslighted a lot. Like my standards became a, oh, your standards are too high. Um, And I would take it as like, oh, shit, maybe I am being unrealistic, you know? And it's like, that's actually a gaslighting mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so I've become very aware of like Mm -hmm. people who, you know, can meet your standards. They won't make you feel like they're too much. Um, And I don't think without therapy, I would have been able to like stand firm in that with like dating in general. Um, Mm -hmm. So she's taught me not to settle, to be honest about how I feel. And, like, to really honor those feelings mm-hmm. if, like, someone's not making me feel good or if I feel like I'm giving more than I'm giving, like, mm-hmm. time to walk away. And that's okay. Like, you don't owe anyone your life, yeah. you know? And setting those, like, clear boundaries. I know that's something that I learned, like, when going to therapy. Just, like, setting those boundaries and you literally don't notice it until you tell the story. Mm-hmm. And they explain to you, like, do you realize that this, this, and this happened? And you're like, oh, yeah, I just didn't really see it like that. Yeah. And I've definitely become more vocal about, like, just talking out loud, like you said, like, you don't realize until you're actually mm-hmm. talking about it. And so I'm always talking my mm-hmm. friend's ears off. And I'm like, oh, shit, that makes sense. And I actually hated it there with her. <laughs> like, I actually was so yeah. unhappy. And I was, like, trying to force it. Um, so just being mm-hmm. honest about my feelings has been, like, the biggest thing. And, like, I've been cutting mm-hmm. people off with the first red flag, like, that they show. <laughs> I had one girl recently, she, like, <laughs> told me. She literally told me that she struggles to show any emotional, like, regulation. And, like, she just struggles to mm-hmm. express herself. And I'm like, why are you dating? You know? Why are you right. like, in my phone right now? <laughs> Why like, are seriously? you here? Um, I can't. I just can't. And like the old me was uh-huh. like, oh my God, let's work on it. Like, <laughs> right. Now but you want to help like, them. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, girl, you got issues. You need to go to therapy. Right. So yeah, Period. I've been I've been ghosting her. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good because I feel like I was that type of person too. And for some people, reason, go to therapy and start throwing therapy cards. Here, no, but it's it's go. true. But it's like when you when you're like that, you kind of attract people like that. Like you attract people that like need all this help. But like at the end of the day, all you're doing is exhausting yourself, and then your mental health is declining mm-hmm. just because you want to help them out. Like we're we're not therapist right like start paying me or something yeah first signs <laughs> save everybody yeah yeah the first signs mm-hmm. of you need yeah. therapy i'm out of there <laughs> peace <laughs> yeah that's like a basic given thing mm-hmm. with a relationship like you just told me you don't know how to express right. your feelings yeah. <laughs> you need some self-love time or something yeah some self-work yeah, yeah. i can't mm-hmm. i can't do it <laughs> Oh, it's giving Libra. You're a Libra, right? I'm a Cancer. You're Libra Cancer. Rising. So my Libra nice. rising always uh-huh. loud. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you mentioned yeah, that. Cancer, Libra uh-huh. rising, Aries moon. So okay. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot going on. <laughs> How many times you go on dates and and you're being asked what's your sign? Oh my god. I try to ask before I meet them. Because <laughs> <laughs> like that's something I ask in like text or something. Um, mm-hmm. I've had some people that who are anti like 
digging into it. And I have some mm-hmm. people who are like, I know my signs. I just don't know what they mean. I'm like open mm-hmm. to talking about it. But once I know, yeah. like, I just really need to know for myself. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I, I get that for sure. I do ask everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, did you have any last minute questions or anything for her? Nah, don't. Anything you want to <laughs> ask us or potentially share before we um, get out of here? I think my, I have a question for Dyra. I think what, how do you, mm-hmm. I feel like you're so big on like your boundaries and like standing firm mm-hmm. in that. How do you feel mm-hmm. like, do you feel like you've like applied that forever? Or is that something that you've learned? What has mm-hmm. been your experience with that? I feel like it really didn't, like, I didn't start setting boundaries, I feel like, until I went to therapy because I noticed that, my well, my therapist noticed that one of my biggest stressors was either work or my relationships. And it was like I was always going above and beyond for everyone at work. Like, I was staying after hours. Like, I was doing so much, supervising over 16 people and not getting paid for overtime. And work was just very stressful and I had multiple jobs. And then with dating, it was kind of like I was letting people walk all over me. Um, And I would explain these things to her and I would just be so stressed. And she's like, I think you need to start setting boundaries. Like when it comes to your work, let them know like you're getting out at this time. And after that, like they can't contact you. And with the people that I dated, um, I would try setting boundaries and then they would do things like buy me gifts. Like I remember I moved into this <laughs> new apartment and this girl that I was trying to cut off was like sending me Amazon packages. And then I was like, oh, thanks. But then I told my my therapist and she was like, you need to give that back. Tell her to not send you anything. Tell her that you cannot accept it. Because if you're accepting it, you're allowing her to come into like your space and it gives her an excuse to try to talk to you. And I hate that because I was like, oh no, I don't like people giving me gifts just to like, you know, like sweet talk me or whatever. So it was like, I mean, I don't mind gifts. I like gifts. But when she pointing it out, like you're accepting this and kind of allowing them into your space, I was like, oh yeah, then I have to like cut that out. Um, and I feel like if it wasn't for my therapist, I don't know, I feel like I wouldn't have set so many strict boundaries with everything. So now people are just kind of like, oh, my gosh, she stole this. And I'm like, I'm just not going to be walked all over how I have in the past. So it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, yeah. Have you dated guys at all? I know me and JoJo. We've oh, yeah. I Yeah, I started okay. dating guys. Like, I had a boyfriend for, like, two years when I was in college. Okay. Um and I had, like, flings here and there, not really boyfriends, but a lot of flings. Um, and it was just never, it was just never it for me. Like, I, it was just kind of, like, never really enough for me. And I was dating people who didn't like to make plans, who sometimes they didn't even drive. Right. It yeah. was like... Yeah, I'm like, what is going on here? And it was like, I was like, I, I, my, my expectations for guys were, like, up here. Like, up here. I was like, yeah, you got to pay for me. Like, you <laughs> you got to do this. You got to do that. And then I was like, I don't, I probably don't even really like them because of all the shit that I would make them go through <laughs> to even go on a date with me. Um, but it was always like a friend, friendship type of relationship. I feel like emotionally it wasn't there. And sexually it was just like, whatever. It wasn't, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um and it was just it for me it was like oh this is easy and this is like um like a fun thing you know it was like if you're going to pick me up cool like we go on a date and stuff like yeah. that but it was like no, like I if i was you. bored type of thing yeah <laughs> or using a good time a yeah using them in a way but <laughs> the girls have won we <laughs> ended up hurting very right well. right <laughs> uh-huh for sure <laughs> But yeah, we enjoyed having you on the podcast. I know we were supposed to do this in person yeah. and it didn't work out, but I we know. are going to be going to LA eventually when we do. We definitely need to meet up. I think it'd be awesome. But thank yes. you so much for, um, you know, giving us your time and where can our listeners find you like on social media? What's your app? I am at the best pin mm-hmm. ever on mm-hmm. TikTok and Instagram. Um, 
right. We're also going to add her ads on the description. So go ahead and follow her. Check out her stuff. Like I said, she's that girl. <laughs> oh. I'm so glad I did this. Thank Thanks you. For me. Of course. So and you guys were so amazing. Oh, thank, thank you. you. We try. Thank you. All right, y'all. So we about to get into this family meeting. Thank you again to Kenny for hopping on. That was a well-needed conversation and long overdue. So we're going to give y'all two questions from the family meeting before we clock out. <laughs> clock out. Yeah, girl. Clock out as if we getting paid. Oh, momento. So the first family meeting question is, hello, first off, love your podcast. Thank you. I'm a senior in college and I've recently come out as bisexual. There is this girl at my job that works in the same building, and I see her every day, and I've spoken to her a couple of times, but nothing more than a general conversation. I don't know if she's gay or anything, and I get butterflies whenever I see her, but she's gorgeous, and she has a cool vibe. Any advice on what I should do? I want to ask her out, but I don't want to make things weird at work. Thanks. She's gorgeous. Okay. Um... I feel like most times in situations like these, especially when it's people you work with, Mm because obviously you don't want to have that weird energy at work, um, especially because there's so many people around and if it's low key between y'all. I just feel like just hanging out kind of before, you know, taking that leap of faith and asking them out. Cause you know, I like to see how people are and feel them out, feel the energy, feel the vibe, mm-hmm. you know, throw a couple discussions at them, you know, ask some pretty big questions. Cause I feel like, you know, questions aren't just limited to uh, like personal questions aren't just limited to like couples and dating, you know, we mm-hmm. all have these conversations. Um, and I feel like sometimes getting to know the person prior to asking them out, you know, you really don't know the type of person that they are until you spend some personal time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just hang out with them a few times and see how it goes, see what you know type of energy that she's given before I decide to put my foot in my mouth and ask them out. Uh, yeah, I feel like you... Well, she doesn't even know she's gay, first of all. So try yeah. to stalk her like Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> or whatever to find out if she's into girls. And try to treat it as like a... As, as if you would treat it for, like, a regular girl that you thought was cool. Like, you want to be friends with her yeah. type shit. Invite her to a party. Invite her to get coffee or get some food. Um, see yeah. what she's into. Like, a poetry thing. I know in college they have a lot of different events. So, I feel like inviting her to something like that. That way, like she said, you can, like, feel it out. Um, but just be cautious because I think that dating people that you work with, can be messy. Tragic. It could be so tragic. Oh my goodness. I've done it way too many times. I don't recommend it. But that's just me. <laughs> um, but yeah. Sometimes it works out. But yeah, and like we've said before, sometimes you meet people who you should have just been friends with. Mm-hmm. And so and we rush into like sexual stuff, and next thing you know, it gets it's messy. A hot mess, yeah. And all of yeah, all y'all should have been was just friends. And that's why you gotta hang out first. Right. You gotta feel the wave. Mm-hmm. Like she said, you know, see what they get to know them. You see what they're into. Mm-hmm. You start, you know, sharing those spaces and seeing like, oh, I could fuck with this. Cause sometimes you don't even have like the same interests. Right. So how you ask somebody out and then you're like, Well, what do we do? Well, what are you mm-hmm. interested in? Like, you know, get to get to know the person a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you'll kinda know. Um, yeah. the stalking, I, I guess you could do the social media stalking to see what it's like, but mm-hmm. that doesn't always tell that's, that can be misleading. Um, but people attract to energy anyway, so mm-hmm. you could always change your mind. Um, next question is I'm bisexual and just got out of a, of a relationship with a man. I've started dating women, but I'm nervous because it's been a long time since I've had a sexual encounter with a girl. Any tips? How was your first time? I just feel like once I tell a female it's been a while, they wouldn't want to date me. I don't think so. Um, How was your first time? My first time? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a long time ago. Oh, you don't even remember? I don't remember. You're kidding. 
I really just remember the first time I touched her. But I don't remember the whole thing. I had to, we had like a whole bottle of wine. Like the big ones. Like I needed to have some liquor courage for my first time. And I was actually very comfortable. I feel like I was like, I don't know if it was because I knew her and we were already friends. We worked together, whatever. Or if it was just because of the person that I am. I mean, I feel like sexually I could be like a little bit dominant. So it was like no awkwardness. But I did definitely need the liquor courage to like make the first move. I don't think that people are turned off by like by that, by like how long ago you had sexual relations with a girl. I don't think that matters. When I met her, she didn't. You you told me that you didn't. I went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, when I had met her, I had I was just um dealing with it, dude, just before her. And honestly, I had it had been probably eight months to a year since I had last been sexual with a female um and I did tell her that and I mean it really depends because I feel like you know if you they don't care it's like riding a bike yeah you're not gonna forget yeah you're not gonna forget (laughs) I thought I was like damn it's been so long I miss it like I'm craving it at this point but like damn I probably don't even know how to do this shit no more um but I I got right back into it and I was like so excited it was like I just you know had to oil my joints up a little bit and get to it um but yeah people people shouldn't care like Mm-mm. it don't matter and if they do then why why they even entertaining you like why mm-hmm. did they even um but you'll get back to it you don't even gotta tell them i mean you could tell them that it's been a while if you feel like you want to but you don't mm-hmm. even gotta share that with them if they ask then tell them but yeah I feel like women make each other feel comfortable, so I don't think it will be awkward. And if they do make you feel uncomfortable, then this isn't the person for you. And we we can't forget, like, straight girls get the fucking green pass all the time for everything. Right. So why can't we be that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Why can't we be that for everybody else? Yeah. I think as long as you tell them, like, I, well, I have been with women before, then it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Because they see that you just dated a guy, so they're like, so, oh, she's probably oh, she don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. she don't know how to do nothing and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it, you're, I always feel like your passion and matter. Like you know, it's it's something to to you know. Yeah, it has its place, but mm-hmm. it it should matter if the person is looking to pursue you. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna be good. Um, but last question: How do I get over the fear that my bisexual girlfriend is going to leave me for a guy? <laughs> she once told me. She's more attracted to men than women, but she's more attracted to me than anyone else. But I can't shake that feeling that because I'm a girl, I will never be good enough for her. Go answer the question. (laughs) Girl, honestly, I've been in a position where I felt a sense of insecurity about worrying about not... And not even just with her, like, she claims bisexuality, that is what it is. If that's what she wants, that's what she's going to go to. If she wants a man and it's not me, then that's that's on her. Like, I, I, I think I'm at a point in my life where I can't stop nobody from doing nothing that they want to do, you know? So, it will it hurt like a bitch? Absolutely. Um, it would probably be like, a, oh, shit, but um ultimately i can't stop her and you can't think that if your girlfriend wanted that that you could stop her um because even if they wanted to cheat and be with a girl they would but i just feel like you just have to i don't know i just feel like you have to get yourself in a mindset to where it's like if that's what you want that's what you want um, but I can't, you can't stress yourself over something that may never happen. Yeah. I think this sounds like a little bit like anxiety. And mm-hmm. one thing is that you really can't control people's actions, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter, you can't control people's actions. So it's like, if they're going to cheat, then they're going to cheat. Whether, yeah. if that's with the man, man whether if woman, that's with the yeah. woman, that's on them and that's their character and I don't think that it depends on you and like what you provide and what you look like whatever the case may be um 
I just think this is just like a little bit of anxiety, but I think if you share with her that you need more reassurance, um, then hopefully maybe that, that can help a little bit on her end. But yeah. Yeah. That's all. But yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Like we said before in our last video uh, episode, um, we have a couple things coming up. Um, we st we're still doing the Costa Rica Trova trip in March. If y'all are interested in going, the link is on our bio. Um, we, we had that episode with Horrible Decisions, so go ahead and check it out. And we're in the works of putting out our Patreon. So once that that is set, that date is set in stone, we'll let you guys know. And we're really looking forward to connecting with you guys on a deeper level. And that's all. Hell yeah. Let's do some Bye. Blues.